0: And uh, speaking about Russia, we're in conversation next with uh, the leader of uh, the Democratic Alliance, John steenhazen So following the presidency's announcement that the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, will not be attending the BRICS summit next month, we speak to the Democratic Alliance, as you know, that they have been following this issue quite closely and they've uh, succeeded in the quest to force President Cyril Ramaphosa to share his affidavit on why the government will not arrest Putin if he attends uh, the conference. John steenhazen now joining us on the line. John, good afternoon thank you so much for making time for us. Why do you declare this a victory for the DA?
1: Well, because of the immense pressure that we've been putting on government to move away from its equivocation on the matter to a firm position on the matter. And clearly government realizes that by Friday, when the court sits down to hear that they would be forced into a position where they would have to indicate that they would be obliged to arrest Putin on arrival and the arguments advanced by President Ramaphosa in his uh, quite frankly absurd affidavit that he tried to keep confidential uh, would be exposed for the subterfuge that
0: it was. Uh, So so do you think it is because of the DA's case that um, there is this mutual agreement?
1: Well, I think that if the DA had not been putting the pressure on government, I think Mr. Putin would have had a clear run to come to South Africa. It is because of the domestic pressure that the party has applied through getting government to have to uh, clarify its position on the matter, and the court action, which is due on Friday, and the action that we had to have the affidavits made public, uh, has put enormous pressure on government. Uh, It was going to be very difficult for them to weasel out of the situation, like they weaseled their way out of the Omar al-Bashir matter uh, a
0: few years ago. Yeah, Um, Someone sent a voice note a bit earlier on saying that the Democratic Alliance has been played in this matter. There was no way that um, the Russian President Vladimir Putin was going to come to the country um, considering that uh, mutiny attempt in Russia with um, the leader of the Vechna group. What's your take on this? Well, I
1: think that's an absurd comment. Uh, If we were being played on the matter, government would have just conceded uh, in court uh, and said we, we will take a mutual Settlement agreement with the DA. Instead, they uh, put papers in to contest the DA's uh, court papers around the putin matter. If if he was if he was not going to come, and anyway, then wh- why would government have gone to the time and effort to oppose the application that we put in? They would have just simply said, "We're happy to take an agreement by mutual discernment, a mutual agreement."
0: Mm-hmm. And now going forward, because the case was set down for Friday, um, does the matter become moot from the Democratic Alliance's side?
1: No, it doesn't become moot because we believe it's going to be very important to continue so that the legal precedent has been established. But also it's going to be very interesting because the president has based his entire affidavit, which he wanted to confidential, on the so-called threat of war uh, made by Russia on South Africa. I'm sure you're aware that in the last uh, the last 15 hours, the Kremlin itself has issued a statement saying it never, ever indicated that it would declare war on South Africa. So it's going to be very important for the court to tease out how Mr. Ramaphosa has stated this in a sworn affidavit, mm-hmm. when in fact it, it has never been said. Yeah. But I, thought, I think that it is going to be important for future um, cases like this. What happened the last time with Al-Bashir, is that the court procedure started while he was still in the country. When government realized it was going to lose the case, it quickly aided and abetted him to escape. I think it's really important to have these precedents in place in the future yeah. so we can have it, uh, the obligations set out up, up front. Uh, uh,
0: sure, but but um, the president doesn't say that um, Russia would declare war or, or have made a threat that Russia would declare war on South Africa, but rather um, that the Kremlin had said that any country that arrests the president... Uh, would then be declaring war on Russia, not specifically South Africa. I guess that includes any other country.
1: But they've clearly said that that's not something that they've ever said. Uh, There was a a, a, a covered heavily on Routes and many of the other international stations, the Kremlin have denied that they said that anyone arresting Putin would, uh, would mean war. So South Africa would be included in that.
0: Yeah. Um, if memory serves me correctly, I think Mr. Lavrov did say that arresting Vladimir Putin would be a declaration of war. Um, but that's a matter that you now will be dealing with the, with the courts, uh, dealing with in, in the courts. Um, on on a broader scale, though, um, uh, John, and I would just make
1: the point. Sorry, so, I would just make the point that I mean, this is a country we so-called in the B R I C S alliance was uh, threatening other countries that if they. And as they fulfill the international obligations, that there would be war. In any event, that's not the sort of freedom you would want to have, should.
0: Yeah. Okay. And, and then on a broader spectrum now, with the approach of the Rome Statute and the ICC, um, this is not the uh, perhaps not even the last time that we've faced such a situation where a sitting president may be indicted by the ICC and there's an expectation that the person must be arrested. Um, do you think that South Africa should pull out of um, the ICC?
1: Um, no, I don't think we should. I think it's it's good that we're part of it. But you know, the government of the day must make that decision. But the, the point that we've made right from the beginning is that if you have international obligations, you've signed international treaties, and then you've domesticated those treaties into your local law, then you surely are obliged to uphold the provisions of them. Otherwise, how on earth does anyone signing a treaty with South Africa in the future... Uh, regard their, whether they will stick to that agreement or not, and so it does enormous damage. So South Africa needs to, you know, needs to make a decision. You know, the government needs to make a decision, but there will be consequences mm. either way. Uh, but you, you can't be a signatory to something and then when it doesn't suit you, you just simply pull out of it. Uh, you you know you need to be consistent on these matters.
0: If the Democratic Alliance, for instance, does become the governing party next year, would you still be saying that stay with the ICC?
1: Absolutely, I think it's, uh, it's. If one looks at the laudatory speeches made by ANC members of Parliament in the Hansard when we domesticated uh, the the Statute of Rome into our law, uh, you can see it out very clearly. The the, the lofty ideals, the fact that we would never again tolerate despots uh, in South Africa, that our human rights uh, approach would be, must be the light that changes the world. Uh, what has changed since then? And so we certainly uh, would, uh, would remain in the ICC. I think it's, it's good for South Africa. And I think it's very good, this outcome, that the screen is not coming yet. I think both internationally and domestically, it's it's a good outcome.
0: Yeah, and and the points that the president then raises in his in his um, replying ever, um, don't you think that those are legitimate concerns that the arrest of a sitting president would actually be a declaration of war? This is now speaking to a democratic alliance that has the hopes of becoming the governing party.
1: Well, I, I come back to the point that you you don't sign a treaty which imposes obligations on you, and then when you don't like it, you walk away from it. If you join a gym and you sign up for the contract, and then two months in, you decide that, well, you don't really like the gym anymore, you don't just walk away from the contract, you're contractually bound. So South Africa is contractually bound, and as long as we are signatories to that and remain in uh, the RCC and parties to the Rome Statute, we have those obligations imposed on us, and you can't just walk away from them. They are... Those are entrenched obligations and South Africa
0: would need to uphold those. Uh, sure, but that difficulty about the arresting of a sitting president and the real threat of a, a retaliation from the country's ar- army, for instance, um, what, what what's the Democratic Alliance's thought process around that? Or should there at least be an amendment to some of the articles of the Rome Statute that says that we cannot affect the arrest of a sitting president because of the possibility that the country's um, uh, army could retaliate? But, I,
1: I, but then, you, then you're in a mob justice uh, sense of, 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 of the rule of law, which dictates that whoever makes the biggest threat then uh, is able to evade certain aspects of that law being upheld. I think that would be wrong. Imagine if you have a sitting president who is found guilty of genocide, and you, you then say, well, because he's a sitting president, he you know, is somehow immune to the reach of the, of the RCC. Then you might as well not even have an ICC or, or have the Rome Statute it's then, it's then an entirely moot exercise. It must apply equally to everybody. Uh, equality before the law is a foundational principle of, uh, of justice. And so it should apply equally, whether you're a head of state or a military commander, if you commit the act mm. uh, set out in there, though the law must apply to you equally.
0: So in this case, with the Democratic Alliance, would have been okay with um, Russia declaring war on South Africa?
1: But Russia's never threatened to declare war,
0: and that's very clear from Moscow. So, so, so I'm and asking, so, so I'm asking, that if Russia was to declare war after the arrest of a Putin, would the Democratic Alliance be okay with that?
1: Well, of course not. I mean, no one wants war, but you also want to uphold your international obligations. I mean, if this had been the approach, um, you know, Hitler would have would have had control of all of mainland Europe if the Allies had not said so far and no further and, and made the stand-up. Of course, in times of history, when you are requested to stand on the, on the frontiers of freedom, you must do so, otherwise tyranny will prevail. And that's exactly what would have happened here. Uh, the, the Allies didn't shrink away when Germany invaded Poland because they didn't want a war. They realized that obligations to Poland and international uh, treaties that they had signed, And when they were called upon to do that, they they had to do it. And I think that's the case here. That's the principle of the matter. uh, Regardless of of what threat is, you've got to stand on the side of right and on the side of the rule of law and on the side of
0: justice. Thank you so much for your time. John Steenhayzen there, the leader of the Democratic Alliance. It's a minute after four.